It's time to accelerate. Hi, I'm your host, Andy Paul. Join me as I host conversations with the leading experts in sales, marketing, sales automation, sales process, leadership, management, training, coaching, any resource that I believe to help you accelerate the growth of your sales, your business, and most importantly, you. Hello, and welcome to the show. I am fired up today to talk with my guest. Joining me is Connerly, the founder and CEO of HipLead, an outbound sales-as-a-service company based in San Francisco. You know, growing your business in zero-time demands that you have a steady flow of qualified prospects streaming through your pipeline. But how are you going to get those leads? You know, there's ongoing war of words between various factions in the sales industry about where that responsibility rests for generating prospects. You know, is it cold calling or is it marketing? Well, perhaps there's a better way to do that because really, what you hire your salespeople to do actually is sell, right? As opposed to out generating leads. So my guest today believes he's pioneering a better way to prospect and generate leads, and he's going to sort it all out for us. Connor, welcome to the show. Thanks, Andy. Uh, glad to be here. So just take a short minute, provide a real introduction to yourself other than what I said. Yeah, absolutely. So at HipLead, we help companies scale their outbound sales, and we do that by taking over uh, the top of the outbound funnel. Um, so we work with companies to basically... Um, we have massive amounts of data that we, we get from crawling the web. Um, we're a sort of a data-first company. And then we use that data to target very specific cohorts uh, of segments um, using information that, you know, it's very hard to get um, doing it at scale unless you use a lot of labor to do it. Um, we create these very targeted groups, um, and then we work with our clients on a consultative basis to run outbound uh, outbound cold email campaigns, um, we get uh, we're known for getting a very high rate of response and interested rates, and we do that because of a combination of using um, the the data and pairing that with uh, very specific messages that are that are focused on uh, pain points uh, and value propositions to each one of these very tight audiences. So uh, so yeah, so we help companies scale top of the funnel. We don't do selling. Uh, we're just focused, we're kind of a one-trick pony in a certain way, in that we're just focused on lead generation and outbound email campaigns, but we're very good at it. So would you say that, without jumping too much into the buzzwords, so the leads you generate, are they then typically, you know, you say top of the funnel, they typically then entered into some sort of you know, marketing cam, nurture campaign, or are they actually turned over to sales forces to follow up? So, yeah, so we'll run the initial, that initial activation campaign, um, oftentimes we'll run the nurture campaign and then we'll coordinate that with, with the company's sales team. So, you know, if, if, um, if you're running an outbound can, you know, email campaign for andypaul.com, we would send those emails from you or from a member of your sales team. So folks who work with us, there's, there's, you know, the recipients of a message have no idea there's a third party involved. Yeah. It's coming from your sales team at all. Okay. But the question is the leads then in terms of how your clients then act with act upon the leads once they receive them, do they consider them sales qualified leads at that point, or you know where in that spectrum typically? Sure, sure, yeah. So when someone when a, when a when an email when a respondent responds when someone you know responds to an email campaign, um, then our team goes and qualifies them, and we either qualify them as being uh, as have responded as interested, saying they actually want a meeting, um, responded as if they asked a question about the product engaged. If they ask for more information or they handed you off to the correct individual in the organization, like actually directed you, not just say, you know, contact sales. Right. Um, and those are what we, what, those are what we call interested, which, which 
which we also call hand raises. So um, that then goes to the sales team and the sales team then, depending on their qualification process, goes and actually qualifies them. The goal, of course, is to get them on the phone. So, you know, it's somewhere between, it's somewhere around a marketing qualified lead. They demonstrate intent by responding, Mm -hmm. um, being interested. So usually these are marketing qualified leads. Our clients get the marketing qualified leads that respond and they also own all the leads we source for them in the process of running the email campaign. So they have, you know, data qualified leads and then they have the marketing qualified leads that respond and then, you know, usually the, then their sales team, we'd coordinate with their sales team and um, the calling process. Sometimes clients call, sometimes they don't. Obviously, it depends on their, their process. Okay. So yeah. if we take a step back and, and look back at the genesis of HipLead, is where did the idea come from? I mean, what, what did you see in the market based on experiences you had had that said, okay, we've got a, a need for this? Yeah. So uh, this is my third company. Um, I, uh, I founded a company in 2011. Uh, there was a telephony, a B2B telephony startup, and we were part of the Y Combinator mm-hmm. um, accelerator. Um, and uh, and then you know that you know it, it unfortunately wasn't. We, we got a little funny and ran it, but but it didn't it didn't last too long. It was a short lived company. Uh, then joined another company that was a B2B marketplace um, for um, for buyers and sellers of of consumer packaged goods in the wholesale level. Um, okay. And then eventually founded Hipley. Um, later on, but but after I left my second company, the second company wrapped up. Um, what we did, we realized that a lot of my other friends who were founders started started asking me to do the same thing for them that we did to grow both those companies. And at the time, that we were just being scrappy. Um, you know, we we're doing like sales hacking, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But, um, but we were running outbound email campaigns, and we got to be very good at them. And that's that was responsible for almost all the growth of those last two companies. Um, so, you know, we always sort of in between things, looking for things to do, and, and all of a sudden, um, you know, my, all my other friends that were founders started coming to me, and, and eventually, um, you know, we started scaling the company up that way. So we, we started, we grew word of mouth, um, and then added a lot of, uh, of really great technology and technologists on as we grew. But we started out as, as a consultancy, effectively, about mm-hmm. two years ago. Yeah, very interesting. So how is using Hipley, let's say, different than running your own up on marketing campaign, email campaign? I mean, what do you do differently that, that sets you apart from what somebody could do if you know, somebody's got Marketo or HubSpot or any of those systems? What are you doing that's, that's you know, incrementally better than what they're doing? Sure. Um, so there, there's two ways in which we, you know, which we reason why folks work with us. Um, one is, is that um, this is all we do, as I mentioned. We're kind of a one-trick pony. Um, but as a result, we're very good at it. So we can get companies up to a level of getting, you know, three, four, five, six percent interested rate um, to other outbound campaigns in a month. Um, and usually, if you're if you're a new company or if you haven't run outbound yourself for this existing organization, it takes a quarter or more, um, sometimes even longer than that, to kind of get it to the point where outbound is running as a, as, a, as a machine. Um, and so we get this machine running very, very, very quickly. And because we've we've done it all, uh, we've we've worked with every almost every single audience that's out there. We know the audience. We know it messages resonate. We measure and test everything. Uh, we've got a team that just does that. So a you know we get it going faster, um, and b we scale. Um, you know we're doing we have our own lead generation system. Um, we do everything end to end. We've got 100 million, 130 million contacts in our system. 20 million companies around the around the world. Uh, and you know we're we're generating for some of our larger clients fifty to hundred thousand new prospects 
per month um, with some of the, the very large companies we work with. So we could really scale that system up in a way just because of our technology and expertise that other folks can't. Um, but, but to get back to your question about using Marketo and other systems, um, you know, we, uh, we also use specialized tools that we've tested and honed over the years. Um, I've gotten to be very good at using them um, so we can um, kind of do that up. Usually we, we, we recommend folks use a solution like uh, Outreach um, or uh, there's, there's a number of other ones that, 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 that detect responses. So responses are really the key. Um, is a key metric that we look at. Responses and then interest responses. Um, and those are the two metrics that we focus on. Not as much as interested, not as much open rate or click-through rate. We really want to focus on um, you know, people actually taking real action, expressing actual interest. Right. So you talked about this product, Outreach. I want you to explain what that is for people that are listening. Sure. Yeah, Outreach um, is effectively an email sales automation tool. Um, good friends with, with, the, with the company, uh, with the founders there. Um, and uh, basically, Outreach... Uh, allows your sales reps, sort of a competitor to Yesware and, and uh, Tout, um, Tout, mm-hmm. uh, a number of other ones. Um, there's Sales Off Prospector and, and uh, Sales Off Cadence, rather. Right. Um, and they, all they they do is they are they're they're like uh, they send emails uh, that look like personalized emails. So mm-hmm. and they come from your uh, from your email sender. So you would plug into a real person's inbox, um, you know, my inbox. And for say, and then it would look like it was sent. It doesn't have a, necessarily have a big footer, and the responses, uh, the system tracks the actual responses. So you set up a series of emails, say four or five touches, um, set over time, and if someone engages at a certain touch, if they respond, it stops that sequence. If they don't, the sequence continues. So it's automating the, the follow-up part of the of of uh, you know of sales prospecting of of of, uh, of outbound. So it's automating the email part of that. Right. So go back to your saying the reference to outreach then is that so if somebody's subscribed to your service, you provide them leads, they might, they're going to feed them into a sequence they've set up in, in outreach. Yeah. Outreach oftentimes is, is the one we usually recommend we work with them to do. Got uh, it. Right. Mm-hmm. Got it. Okay. Um, so now one of the trade-offs that we talked about in the beginning is, okay, cost trade-off between using your service versus you know, what most companies do, especially small businesses, is... Hey, I'm going to get somebody on the phone and bang some phone calls. So what have you seen in terms of, you know, telling people about the cost trade-off between your service versus theirs in terms of generating leads? Yeah. Well, it depends on your market. You know, so if you're going only after enterprise, let's say you've got an ecosystem of total contacts that are like under 3,000, it's probably best to actually hit the phones. Um, that's what we tell clients that they come to us. Um, because, you know, get, you, you, can, you can dial with one or two people everyone and have a, have a great personalized discussion as long as you have sales reps that are trained and, and, uh, and you have a process set up for doing that. And usually companies that have only 1,000 or 2,000 total prospects that, that they could reach at all, we actually usually tell them to, to do that. Um, so if those scenarios hip lead, um, they're, they're, I, I'd say I'd you know, definitely go along and say, look, look, hit the phones yourself. That's probably the best thing to go. If you're dealing with, um, if you're dealing with companies that are if you're dealing with the ecosystem of 5,000, 10,000, 50,000, if you're reaching out to SMBs or mid-market um, areas, that, that it's just, it becomes very difficult to, to scale um, very quickly this outbound process. I'm sure you can get 500 people into a room, but the overhead, the management of all that, uh, it's, just, it's just slow. It'll just take a while to do. Um, 
And and we you know in my other companies we 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 did that and at Hipley we have we have an outbound phone calling team as well. But we work that in conjunction with outbound email campaigns. And so we run an outbound campaign first. We then coordinate the calling once the campaign is finished. So you know the whole adage about you know one out of ten um, people ready to buy right mm-hmm, then, mm-hmm. You know, one out of ten are never going to buy. So the outbound campaign picks up that 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 one out of ten immediately, right? Um, and you activate those, and those those go away, and you've got a nice steady supply. Um, then for the other ones that are already in there, you act, you can call them down. They're you know, and they're familiar with your brand. They know who you are, and then you get them into a nice nurturing campaign and manage it. So um, you know, th- those are those are two different. Those are ways that that we do ourselves internally, um, and and. So that's basically kind of to, to answer your question. Hopefully they answered it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it did. Um, so how are you different than, than other outbound, you know, outsourced lead generation services? I mean, so sure. somebody's, and I'm thinking this from the context that people are listening to this, you know, CEO of an SMB or a mid-sized company, you know, how do they identify, okay, this is the service for me versus some other service? So sort of may start with who's the ideal customer profile for you, and then we'll segue into that second part of the question. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of our clients are, are SaaS businesses, um, and, and what we find are the folks that, that tend to work best with us, with us are, are companies that are oriented to work best for cold outbound. So, so people who, companies that do work well have a, have a clear and concise um, way of describing their product that, that you know, someone can instantly get what the benefit could be in a second, you know, in a single sentence or two. Um, whether a solution solves a, a clear and defined problem, mm-hmm. uh, and that then that we can identify or they can identify, um, you know, potential prospects that have that have that problem, that have that pain point, and and so SaaS companies are oftentimes good targets for that because they're they're very oftentimes going to be very specific uh, pain points they arise out of. Uh, yeah, point solutions oftentimes right. Yeah, exactly, and and you know the consultancies will work as well uh, as long as they're very specialized, mm-hmm. um, and uh, you know things that tend to be a little harder to sell over outbound, um, you know like IP phone solutions, things like that that are that are that every every single person needs, but the vendors themselves are hard to differentiate. Uh, those tend to not work as well. Things that involve a tr- that have to involve a true relationship sell mm-hmm. or, or a pressure sales environment, outbound isn't necessarily the best solution for those, but. But there's a you know a humongous market that rest of the market where they've got to input a lot of labor and a lot of management overhead to get to get to market, and we can help them get to market much 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 faster um, and uh, to really scale outbound in the you know the whole um, predictable revenue sort of way. Right, and do your customers primarily have you know fairly established content marketing presence as well? It really depends. Um, so we have customers on two or three different flavors. One are are companies that are relatively, you know, sort of a round stage. You know, they've raised a couple million dollars, or, or um, they have they have a product, they have product market fit, and then they have a, a small sales team. That's sort of one end. Uh, the other end, we have some clients um, that are very large companies that have only done content and inbound, and now they're ready to kind of attack enterprise and mid market. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know, some companies that you know that have had a you know like. A, that have a, or even have growing out a B two B team within a consumer company. That's another example, right? Um, and then you have kind of companies in the middle um, that are, the sort of that are basically have a sales team, have run outbound, 
and either they 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 want to try new things and test it out, they want to scale it up really fast, or um, they want to refresh um, the list they already have. And those are things that we specialize in doing. So if they've got a you know they want to say, look, we 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 have we have other data sources. We have we have a, you know our Salesforce has like twenty thousand leads in it, but gosh, we don't you know it's just a huge mess. And um, you know so we'll go in there and we could pull out we could find net new contacts at Google companies all all in an automated fashion um, and refresh a list at a regular basis and in, in a in a way that's very very easy for us to do and very difficult to other folks too because of the technology that's behind our platform. Right. So you could refresh a list or for a customer that doesn't have a list, you can go out and so you source that through your own database, right? You sort the 20 million records or however it was more than that, wasn't it? Um, exactly. 130 million. 130 million, I'm sorry. And you can do a slice and dice on that and target for, to help a specific customer need. Exactly. Like, for example, we, we can figure out, you know, if a company has, let's say you're looking to only sell to companies that have offices in two different countries. Figure out that. Let's say you're selling to companies with offices in two countries but need to have a certain number of sales reps. We can figure out how many sales reps that company has using a certain technology. And then we can only target people that have talked about uh, or possess a specific skill set. So we can get very, very, very granular. Like granular to the point where um, you know, you'd have to have a team of a, a, a large team of people spend a lot of time shifting through data. Um, and the issue is, is that it's hard to train, you know, it's hard to train SDRs and, and, and folks to, to shift through all this data at a way that's... Um, well, it's impossible. It's yeah. not hard. It's impossible. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and you, 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 have a hard, you have a hard enough time training them to sell, let alone sifting through data. So exactly, because it, because it, you know, honestly, it's it's one of the harder, it's one of the more painful jobs in in sales. That's uh, why SDRs, you know, in, in 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 San Francisco area, we're finding, you know, we're finding that SDRs last the company an average around one year. That's that's what we're finding, and and in other in other areas of the United States, about two to three years on average. Well, and I think part of that though, that's an interesting point. Let's let's come back to that after the break because I do want to talk about the longevity of SDR because I think actually your solution is sort of an answer for some of that. So um, we're going to take a short break. Back shortly with my guest Connor Lee, CEO of HipLead. Now, before we go, I'm going to pose a hypothetical scenario for you. This is a question I ask each of my guests, and so here's the scenario, and you'll answer when you come back from the break. Great. You're a new sales manager hired into a company whose sales are flatlined. And upper management says, hey, we need to turn this baby around. We hired Connor to do it. What are the two things you do in the first week that could have the biggest impact? So you think about that. And after the break, we'll get your answer. We'll be right back. Attention, sales leaders. Would you like to give your sales team the tools to drive more quality connects, scale their outreach, and spend more time selling? Well, you can with LiveHive. Get your ROI. Try it now at LiveHive.com forward slash ROI. That's LiveHive, L-I-V-E-H-I-V-E dot com forward slash ROI. Hi, welcome back to the show. My guest today, Connor Lee, CEO, founder of HipLead. And before we jump back into talking about SDRs and job longevity and so on, you're going to answer my question I posed before the break. New sales manager, need to do a sales turnaround on a company, it's urgent. What are the first two things you'd do the first week that could have the biggest impact? Sure. Uh, so, 
So the first one, I have to say, we kind of have an unfair advantage. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to assume that, that you're going to hire you're going to hire Hipley as the first one. <laughs> well, I'm going to assume you have some of the data that, that we have, um, and then I'll, and I'll give you the nice second answer. Will be something that anyone can do. Right. Um, the first one would be basically what we'll do is we'll analyze all the companies, all their clients over time, uh, and then opportunities that have um, that have gone pretty far that have mm-hmm. closed. And then we're going to model, we'll create a model um, and look for companies that you wouldn't think would fit it, but match all the criteria. Um, and, and we do that because we have the ability to just look at so many different companies in the United States. So we go in and say, okay, well, let's look at the opportunities you guys have closed over this period of time. Even if they came in from a you know, friend or a long-term referral or whatever else, what, is, what internally at that company made them, made them, made them buy? And then we'll go and try to find and model other companies that, that look like that. Um, and, 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 we could, and usually what we'll do is then we'll we'd get, go and run outbound campaigns to test these hypotheses. And that mm-hmm. very quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd say that the, the, the second way, which is, which is one that I've, I've done numerous times at other companies, is, again, I, I go back to old opportunities and old leads and dive in there, understand really quickly, try to get a good understanding of why they didn't close, get an understanding of if their existing pain points still exist um, or, you know, w- with, within that area, and then basically run an outbound campaign to, to re-engage those folks. Uh, it, it's going to be the, you know, obviously your old option, the, the, you know, very likely going to be the fastest um, things to close depending on your sales cycle. So if you want to get some quick revenue and get some quick momentum in the bank, that's gonna likely gonna be the, the first the first thing that that you should do because then you just have a lot of conversations you get a good understanding of the company uh, you know as an outsider coming in um, you know of course they will know the flaws of the sales process because they didn't close um, and so you'll understand why they didn't close very quickly um, rather than having to spend a lot of time with new inbound prospects. Yeah, no, I think that's very clever about going to the opportunities that didn't close because yeah, you know, statistics range anywhere from. I've seen recently just from 50 to 70% of uh, opportunities in the pipeline never close, right? So if that's the case, if they didn't close, chances are they probably haven't made a decision if that was in a relatively recent time frame. Going hitting them up more effectively with a better value proposition messaging and so on could be a good way to reignite and revive some of those opportunities. Excellent. Thanks. <laughs> good job. You pass. Okay. So uh, yeah. <laughs> on to, it wasn't a test. On to the next. So we were talking about, before the break, we were talking about SDR longevity, you say in San Francisco, and I presume that's true for the Valley in general, that it's it's a year for SDRs uh, as average longevity in a job. Isn't part of the issue there, though, that they're having so few conversations that they're, you know, these people are basically are, are, are bored? I mean, part of, the, part of the deal is that they don't get a chance to get better at what they're doing because, you know, they've been making 50 calls a day. I think the statistics are I make about 50. On average, maybe have five Real conversations, sales conversations in a day. I mean, it yeah. wouldn't. Have, it wouldn't have. Perhaps if they're using HipLead and they're putting more opportunities in the top of the funnel that filter down. That maybe over a period of time, these guys actually have a greater likelihood of making a call that they actually connect with somebody. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's incredibly easy to get burnt out. Um, you know, just in that you know that 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 boiler room environment um, where you're just hitting the phones and dialing and. Um, Obviously, if if you're gonna if you're you know you're a young kid and or, or not even a young kid, you go, come into that 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 environment, you're gonna want to see a light at the end of the tunnel, um, you know, oftentimes uh, or or get rewarded you know very well for your position in life. 
um, comparatively um, to keep that going. And I myself, you know, in, in high school, worked in a in a, in a boiler room call center uh, for a couple summers uh, and kind of got started on sales that way. So I definitely know, you know, I didn't, I didn't last. Uh, I think I lasted two months. Well, it's also Phoenix, so it's 100, 110 outside. There's nothing yeah. else summer. <laughs> but but I, 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 I definitely know that. I'm, you know, the, the good thing is now I think a lot of companies are, are, are dividing up their, are, are, are further, for better or worse, are further specializing um, their SDRs. So they're doing inbound SDRs and outbound SDRs. Right. Um, and, and for the outbound SDRs, um, they are segmenting their leads into, and this is what we, we, we usually encourage our clients to do, is to segment um, your leads into A, B, and C. And only call the A's, um, hand email the A's, the B's and C's, which should be you know ninety percent of your leads uh, of a lead. Of course, it depends on how what your market is and all that. But take that ten percent, call them down, handwrite them. Sure, use a template, but but personalize the heck out of it. Um, research them, do all that, and the rest of it. Run the outbound campaign for the rest, because um, then you're going to get you're going to get that five ten percent that respond. Because uh, it's a good time, you get a five ten percent. You start a conversation, just pick their interest, um, and then you can also um, spend the rest of the time dialing, running outbound email, you know, dialing those those A targets. Um, and of course, after you run through all those, you can go down the go down the you know go down to B and go down to C and call them. Um, but but you're gonna you're gonna find your plates a lot more full with you know with 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 good prospects that spend your time qualifying instead of just. You know, spending all your time on the phone. Um, you know, it, well, so, especially spending your time dialing, right? Because if somebody's yeah. making fifty calls a day, they're basically dialing, right? Eighty percent of the time, you're going to get voicemail. So, to me, I mean, it seems like part of the problem for SDR, especially if you find someone that's good and worth investing in, which presumably is the case because you wouldn't have hired them in the first place, is that you know, what if you could fill their day with fifty conversations instead of five? Exactly. And then maybe you'd change the dynamic in terms of job satisfaction and how long they would stay and getting a better return on your investment. That's why, you know, I'm fascinated by tools like yours and tools like uh, Connect and Sell, for instance, that's, you know, giving the reps the opportunity where they're making a thousand dials a day for a rep and they can generate 40, 50 conversations. You see the job satisfaction really skyrockets, the longevity skyrockets because they're actually getting good at what they're doing because they're practicing it more often. And I think that's part of the key of keeping people is that they just have to practice it. Yeah. It, and, and like any job, I mean, you know, the more time you have doing it, the better you are, the better the sales becomes, the better the relationship is. I mean, it, it, SDRs are an incredibly you know, important part of any company. It's, the, it's your first introduction to your organization. And, and, and if it's someone who's really green and isn't satisfied with their job, the chances of a closing down the road are going to be, loser, are going to be a lower, lower one. Yeah, and if you look at it from a number standpoint, if you get somebody that's literally, as the industry standard, industry standard statistics are, they may have SDR maybe having five sales conversations a day out of yielding 50 to 60 calls. So over you know 20 days, 25 did business days, maybe they make 100 conversations in a month. Whereas, if, again, if you use a, a tool, some of these power dialers and so on that enable you to have 40, 50 conversations a day, you, know, you get the practice in two days that you would normally get in a month. I mean, it seems like their effectiveness for a company is just going to skyrocket. And I yeah. think it demonstrates it does, actually. I think the companies that are doing it. So anyway, without getting too sidetracked. But I think Hipley obviously could feed into that environment. And for people who are listening to this and saying, gosh, we need to look at new solution to help us you know, accelerate the pace of our lead generation. 
and keep our SDRs busier, this is a good tool to do that. I just gave you an advertisement. Well, great. Well, thanks. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and I guess the thing that we do that, that, that we like to say is that we don't, we don't re, try to, we don't try to re- reinvent your sales process. We, we try to fit into the existing process and augment it. Um, you know, save your SDRs time, let, allow you guys to have more conversations. Um, and then once that conversation starts, get out of your way and let you close. Um, so your reps are, you know, spending less time closing and more time closing and less time doing yeah. everything else. Well, I think even if you're in an environment as, you know, a lot of companies just haven't done the specialized sales role, especially in smaller companies, mid-sized companies, they still might have a, a hybrid force where people are a combination inbound or, you know, inside, outside. The fact is you're still the same basic challenge. You need to get leads into the system, into the funnel. And, you know, this is, you got to find a tool that's going to help you do that to accelerate the pace of your growth. Otherwise, you'll be left behind. So glad we had you on the show today. It's good, uh, good information. So in the last segment of the show, I've got some rapid fire questions to ask you. You can give me one word answers or you can elaborate however you wish. You ready? I'm ready. And these are really serious questions, as you'll see here. So What's the most powerful sales tool in your personal sales arsenal? Uh, I'd have to say, for us, it's, it's unfortunately, well, it's hip lead, but, but our secondary one. Our no, no I'd, I'd say for you personally, when you're selling something, what's your most powerful sales tool? Uh, me personally, I yeah. expertise. Expertise, okay. Great answer. So what's the one tool you use for managing sales at hip lead that you can't live without? Uh, right now, our current sales team is one-on-ones with all the reps themselves. Okay. So one on, what, explain what that is. Uh, one-on-one meeting, a really quick 10 to 15-minute meeting that I have every week with uh, really everyone on my team mm-hmm. to kind of just get an idea. It's, it's a nice way to get a pulse uh, of what's going on in the company and to keep me involved. Um, and and uh, you know, my, my VP of sales uh, does it as well. Um, the, those are, I find to be very, very, very helpful. Of course, that doesn't you know, work forever as the organization scales. Um, but, uh, but right now it's, it's, it's a right tool for our, for our company size. Okay. Who's your sales role model? Gosh, uh, sales role model. Huh. You know, it's funny. I, I never received, I haven't received any formal sales training. Um, good for at any point. I mean, um, so I don't know if I can say I have one sales role model. Um, but I have worked in the past. Um, interestingly for, um, this is going to be an interesting answer, but I worked for, for politicians for, I was a Paul, I was a politico. Oh, the ultimate sales job. My career. Yeah. The ultimate sales job. Yeah. And I, I learned a lot about selling as, as, a, as, as leading as selling essentially, mm-hmm. uh, that, that I learned a lot from them. So I worked for a number of different politicians and at the California state level and national level and, uh, you know, and, and I thought from the politicians, from a number of them, a lot of they had a lot of their other issues, but um, they were all incredible salespeople. You know, but you didn't call it sales; it was called leadership, political acumen, right. uh, personality, um, all those sort of things were kind of wrapped into um, you know really a, the presentation of their idea and the direction, and then getting this this you know team of constituents to go this direction and believe them. So, great. So, who's the politician you work for? Uh, one of the ones I worked for was, was Gavin Newsom. Gavin Newsom, okay. Uh, when I was, you know, pretty young, uh, he was the San Francisco governor, and he's lieutenant governor right now. Um, and he was uh, he was a very skilled speaker and, and uh, uh, especially. So yeah, yeah. So has he topped out? I mean, I, at one point I was a 
Gavin Newsom fan? Has he topped out, or does he still have potential? Well, well you know, we'll see. I, I haven't been involved in it for a while myself. I mean, that was, gosh, like 10 years ago. Um, so, but I, I think he's currently lieutenant governor. I think he's trying to get a Senate seat, I would estimate, or at ah. least a... Um, yeah, so he had a, there were a few scandals with with him and yeah, the wife, the wife scandal I remember. So yeah, all right. Well, he can go to the Senate. That's a good retirement, a good retirement gig. <laughs> yeah. So what's your what's the one book that every salesperson should read? Doesn't have to be a sales book, but one book every salesperson should read. You know, I I really as as someone who's uh, as a CEO and and a and a salesperson, as a, as being a CEO is a certain type of of salesperson. Um, I really, really enjoyed uh, Brad Horowitz's book, um, um, and uh, and Andreessen Horowitz, Ben Horowitz rather. Oh, Ben Horowitz, yeah, yeah. yeah. So his book, I'm trying to think of the name of it right here. Pull it up. Um, the hard thing about hard things. The hard thing about hard things. Yeah, and which which I really enjoyed. Uh, quite a great deal. Um, I've just started the Challenger Sales, um, mm-hmm. which I'm enjoying so far. But just started it. Um, found that to be really, uh, really, really interesting and relevant. But I guess Ben's book, Ben Horowitz's book, isn't necessarily about sales um, in the traditional way of thinking about sales. But it's about considering your audiences and how to how to talk to them, how to message to them, and how to um, how to work with every audience as their as their own audience, and, and how to deal with things and, and when things go bad, basically. Right. <laughs> Which is, um, Good for startups. Well, hey, it's good for every business. <laughs> so, just tough question. What's your favorite music to listen to to psych yourself up for an important call or meeting? Ooh, uh, you know, I, I have a Spotify playlist. Mm-hmm. I've got a. My brother is a is a uh, is a. He's he's quite musical, and so I usually follow his playlist. Um, so it's usually indie rock and electronic music, somewhere in between that. So. Between a lot rock and electronic, and so I usually just turn on his his playlist and and, uh, and listen to that. So indie rock, okay. <laughs> so last question: What's the one question you get asked most frequently by salespeople? Uh, most frequent question. Um, I guess the question is: Are they qualified by my salespeople, my sales staff? With the uh, you know, does, <laughs> are these qualified? What do you think? And, right. Um, or uh, I guess the other one is um, it's sort of uh, really what um, do we have any? I guess the one thing is that because we have, we serve so many different audiences, we right. always try to find clients, current clients or past clients that have reached the same audience, uh, going after the same audience or selling to the same audience that that new that our new sales uh, would be selling to. Right. So we're always trying. My sales team is always asking me to. Um, to understand how this client is similar to other clients, um, so we've actually put together docs and, and a lot of other things to kind of break down um, which of our clients sold to what audience and, and how this is different from the others. So usually it's something along those lines: like, is this is this prospect qualified? A and B. If they're qualified, um, have we sold to other companies like them in the past? And if so, wh- what happened and how their how are their results? So. But hopefully we're doing a little bit. Hopefully we're doing a little bit less of that lately because we've put together sort of a system to kind of manage that. Okay, cool, yeah. great, good answer. Well, that was it. So I want to thank today's guest, Connor Lee, founder and CEO of a really cool new company called Hiplead. Connor, tell folks how they can find out more about you. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, you can visit us at hiplead.com, um, and 
we're happy to to uh, sort of uh, give you some sample leads and look at your audience and and um, you know uh, you know we'll uh, feel free to swing on by hiplead.com. Okay, perfect. So remember, everybody, make it a part of your day every day to deliberately learn something new to help you accelerate your success. Subscribing to this podcast could be an easy way to do that. Make sure you don't miss any of our conversations with top sales experts and business leaders like our guest today, Connor Lee, who share their experience and expertise about how to accelerate the growth of your business. So thanks for joining us. Until next time, this is Andy Paul. Good selling, everyone. Thanks for listening to the show. If you like what you heard and want to make sure you don't miss any upcoming episodes, please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Stitcher.com. For more information about today's guest, visit my website at andypaul.com. Hi, this is Andy. I have a special offer for loyal listeners of Accelerate. It's a no-obligation, free trial of my zero-time selling interactive online training. Now, I've worked with thousands of sales reps to teach them how to use my zero-time selling to boost their productivity and transform the results. And so if you want to learn the same proven strategies to help you open more doors, have more effective sales conversations with prospects, and close more orders, then my zero-time selling interactive training system is a fit for you. It's incredibly simple to start. Just take out your smartphone and text the word TRUST, that's T-R-U-S-T, to 96000. Now, do you have your phone ready? Send a text to 96000. That's a nine and a six followed by three zeros. Now, enter the single word message TRUST and hit send, and you hear right back from me with instructions on how to sign up for your free trial on my zero-time selling interactive training. I look forward to seeing you there.